Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings. It's a podcast about fictional fathers. Uh, this week I have a guest. I'm joined by podcaster and video gamesman Justin McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say hey. that's accurate? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, I mean, that's what it says on my business cards. I don't know. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> um, and when I asked you to come on, um, I asked if you had any preferences for a dad you'd like to discuss. And you, you gave me a suggestion that I didn't even have on my list. Um, I have this big spreadsheet of possible dads that I might want to talk about at some point. And this one wasn't even on there. And that dad was? Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it, you know, it's funny. When, when you asked, I, I spent a long time thinking about it. And I realized something weird. Like, not a lot of um, pop culture dads have really made an impression on me. And I think it's because, like, I have a really like I had a really close, good relationship with my dad growing up and I mean, still do today. Um, but I don't think, I think as a result, like that was always what I thought of when I thought of dad, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I, and I know that not everybody is, is as fortunate to be in that situation, but it was, it was an odd sort of like weird, um, uh, you know, gap, I think in my, yeah. in my pop culture awareness. Um, I have a lot of dads I think are funny that I thought would be too specific, like, uh, uh, Sandy Cohen from the OC or mm-hmm. Mitch, uh, Mitch um, uh, Leary from Dawson's Creek, both of which are amazing dads, but I thought might be a little bit too narrow of a sliver. Um, but okay, so Pee Wee <laughs> as a dad, um, my daughter uh, is almost two, mm-hmm. and at some point I showed her uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, and I didn't really like. It's really random what holds her attention and what doesn't, and I showed her Pee Wee's Playhouse, and she was just transfixed um and to the point where uh when we like play pretend about half the time she's a character from mary poppins and the other half the time she is miss yvonne and my wife is cowboy curtis and (laughs) i am sometimes terry and sometimes captain carl when i can find the hat i'm supposed to wear but uh the other thing is that we've now watched the series through three times in about six months so i've watched I thought a lot about Pee Wee mm-hmm. Herman and Pee Wee's Playhouse recently. Um, but the reason I thought of him as like in context of a dad figure is like anytime you pay too close attention to children's programming, um, uh, it usually just sort of falls apart. And I think most children's programming is not designed to hold up to that level of scrutiny. And Pee Wee's Playhouse is certainly in uh, – takes place in an era where uh, we – we're just sort of at the infancy of putting multiple layers into kids programming on like that Pixar level or mm-hmm. like the, 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 or like a Steven universe, right. Where like you can watch and enjoy and get it as a kid, but, um, uh, not, but there are messages and levels that it works with for adults too. And I think people's playhouse is just sort of the infancy of that and, and moving that forward. And when you pay close attention to people's playhouse, the interesting thing, about it for me is the is the the politics of mm. the playhouse or like the social structure. Mm-hmm. So the playhouse seems to exist when Pee Wee is not there, right? But when Pee Wee is there, he is the the center of attention. He is, by all rights, as near as we can tell, the the ruler 
of this <laughs> this place and like the patri the de facto patriarchal mm -hmm. figure of the playhouse. So he has a robot, he has a pterodactyl, he has uh, 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 a living floor in later seasons and a clock that he talks to and a chair that loves him. And he appears for like 22 minutes and then a day <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> and, and while he is there, he is the center of everything. Like all dictates of the action come from Pee Wee. And that, and it's really interesting to me. It's like a, a, he is often forced into a sort of dad role hmm. because he, if there's a, if there's a, a conflict between Terry and Conky, for example, they both want to sit next to Reba. Um, Pee Wee it, it, at the at the fake breakfast they make for Reba, but Terry and uh, 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 Globy want to sit next to Reba, and Pee Wee is the one who has to like sort out the situation. But at the same time, it's his playhouse. It's like it's the place where he's supposed to go and have fun. And he's often pushed into like a parental role, but uh, uh, and and it's not exactly clear why. I mean, I guess he's the oldest human man there. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I actually don't know how old Lawrence Fishburne is. Maybe he would outrank him. But um, like the is that that's what's really interesting to me. And I'm like, I, I know at this point, I'm like way deep into like think piece territory of overanalyzing Beauty Playhouse. <laughs> but it's interesting to me as a dad because. In the two years since my daughter's been alive, I have been, I think, caught in a similar scenario. And I think probably a lot of parents end up in this scenario where they are in a place, their life seems to be a very them-centric world um, where they are the, the, the center of it all. And the world is, by extension, sort of their, uh, their playhouse. You know, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are living in it. They're the ones that have to make themselves happy in it or make the choices in it. And um, it's been really interesting to me to think about Pee Wee as a dad because it's like he is constantly in this um, place where he's trying to just play and this be his mm. playhouse. But like he's also the one who like has to feed everybody and has to tell everybody <laughs> what to do and solve fights and stuff like that. Yeah, I I was starting to see some of that last night as I was watching some older clips. Like Because when you suggested Pee Wee, I was like, well to me PB is like a kid right like that that's right. how I always thought of him and then I was like starting to to watch some clips and, and realizing like yeah he is like this sort of like central axis that like everything spins around and he he is the one who always has to like solve these like these conflicts between people and sometimes it's kind of like reluctant but it's almost like yeah he is like this dad who's also a kid right that he's like he wants to just like play and have fun and at the same time he's also least in this position of responsibility yeah it's it's like um one of one of my favorite uh 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 bits is the the there's an episode where um Pee -wee, it, it's a it, it's a it's actually know the name this is embarrassing it's called <laughs> to tell the tooth <laughs> and it's a it's an episode about um dental hygiene <laughs> and uh the at the beginning of the, early in the episode um there's talk of of dentists and like Pee-wee tells everybody in that sort of um, uh, patronizing way, he sometimes explains things um, that like the dentist is your friend and he's there to help you. And then they watch like a short educational film about your friend, the dentist, et cetera. And then he gets a toothache and he's terrified to go mm. and he won't, and he won't do it. And he won't go to 
he refuses to go to the dentist. He swears up and down that like his tooth is fixed um, and everything's fine. And it's just really, it's funny because it's like <laughs> he, he also another like parenting metaphor. He is saying the right things. Like he's saying the mm-hmm. things that you're supposed to say about the dentist, but at the same time, he's still harboring like that fear of the dentist in inside him, which is something that I can, I can really relate to. Yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, he's a much more realistic dad figure than a lot of the kind of pop culture dads that, um, that we're used to just in that he, he does have this, this like dualism to him of being like, of having to, to say these things or like, you know, be a good role model, but then also like struggling with, with those things like inside, like struggling with like a fear of the dentist, right. While also trying to be like, like tell his like kids basically that the dentist is like good and going to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can extend the relationship out, right, to like not just people in the playhouse, but like they had to. They the the assumption was even though there, there was of course audiences of like college kids and stuff that were into Pee-wee's Playhouse, the the intended audience was children. So like, um, there's an interesting story in the uh, there's a, a book a behind the scenes book about Pee-wee Herman that I read because uh, again I'm a little obsessed. And uh, there's uh, uh, in his second movie, Big Top Pee-wee, uh, he has a love interest. And kids hated it mm. because from their perspective, like Pee-wee was a kid to them. Like that that's how they saw him was a kid. But he's also like the the one in the house that has to be responsible for things. Like if somebody's smoking, like when Randy is smoking in one early episode, he has to be the one to tell Randy, like, don't smoke, it's dangerous for you. Like mm-hmm. you you can't do it. So he's like the it's like he can't be just a dad figure because it's important to him that like the kids see him as somebody fun and somebody they want to hang out with, but it's still, he has to be the one who is keeping the, the, the ship going. And it's, and it's weird because the interesting thing to me about that is that we don't, a lot of times pop, pop culture dads fall into one of two big buckets, right? There's the, um, the, there's either the like generic dad of, uh, you know, he's got it all figured out mm-hmm. and he's just like the dad, schlubby dad, cut out dad. Like he's just the generic dad character when you need a dad there. He's very dadly. And then the other kind we ha- usually have is like the deadbeat dad mm-hmm. of like, you know, he's been away drinking, but now mom's come into some money and now he's back on the scene, that kind of deal. Um, but you very, it's much rarer to see dads that are allowed to be like human and are allowed to be conflicted and and have like not have all the answers and that's sort of a lot of times where the dad character falls in traditionally in like older media especially of like he's the one that you go to for like the moral platitudes and the yeah. and the answers for all this stuff yeah yeah and i had totally forgotten actually about that whole element of the show like when i was just reading up on it i was like oh yeah there he was trying to be this role model um at the same time as as being fun like playing that that balancing act um like on the wikipedia article it talks about how he was trying to make a show that like cares about issues like racial diversity the four food groups and the dangers of making prank calls so like a pretty <laughs> wide spectrum <laughs> Sure. That about covers everything, yeah. right? I mean, that's the mm-hmm. whole bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, he, like, Paul Rubens, I guess, um, at the time was, like, smoking a lot. Like, he was a really heavy smoker. 
mm-hmm. and um, he was super careful that he would never be photographed smoking, um, and then also like never endorsed like chocolate bars or like anything like that. And I guess tried to make his own cereal without any sugar in it. Mm. Um, yeah, it it did not go to market. Um, it it never passed that point. Um, but yeah, just like he was really. Um, maintaining that that like persona um you know outside of of the show as well and like trying to do that balancing act of like being a kid and being relatable but then also like having messages that like of the kind that a dad might yeah it's it's we lose when um the the sort of like scandal if you want to call it that but i still think Mm -hmm. the entire thing was still bafflingly overblown Mm -hmm. but um when that thing came around the spell was sort of gone and it's weird because he didn't just lose the um if he had just been sort of an immature kid character the whole time um i don't think it would have been quite the same but it was not just that it was that he was an, a kid and also this I, I think it was the the fact that he was trying to be a role model in some ways mm-hmm. that made it so sort of damaging and made it so damning is because it 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 wasn't just that he was um, a kid, he was like the adult in the room of kids, theoretically, or at least the closest they had to an adult. Um, and they bounce around this a lot. Uh, like, for instance, there's an episode where um, Pee Wee and Miss Yvonne play house, and he really chafes against the idea of playing the dad. Like, hmm. when he he is cast, like, and it's like at, at home watching. It's ridiculous because, like, of course you're gonna be the dad, Pee-wee. It's you or the floor or the globe or the clock or the chair, Mister Herman. Uh, I, I mean, like, Cowboy Curtis didn't come over, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the 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 other interesting thing about Pee-wee as a dad is that when you get into later, so the way Pee-wee's Playhouse was shot was they did um, they did two seasons and then they started a third. But the writer strike occurred. So mm. the third season of Playhouse is like three episodes long. And then there's a Christmas special. And then they were re- he was really not interested in going back after that. But they wanted to get to 100 episodes for syndication. So the third and fourth season of the show, or the fourth and fifth season rather, were basically shot concurrently um, in like a grueling schedule and a grueling pace. And like the – it is fascinating, especially if you watch the series repeated times, to to watch the wheels sort of like fall off mm-hmm. of of Pee Wee's Playhouse, and like the absence of his presence becomes a very recurring theme, and like the the effect that that has on people becomes a sort of like sub theme in the later episodes, just because he is not there and he was the the epicenter of this universe, and then you have like um, there are scenes where. Uh, there, there are episodes where like the King cartoons will come over and show a cartoon and Pee Wee's like, Hey, that was great. Let's watch it. That was so good. Let's watch another one. And at home I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, come on guys. You dip back into like the, the public rights cartoon. Well, yet again, I mean, my daughter's like into it cause there's mm-hmm. a one with the pin cushion people. She loves all that. But anyway, like I'm watching, he's like, this is ridiculous. Like there, there, where is the, like he'll leave <laughs> for like an entire episode because he has like baseball practice or something. There's an episode in the fourth season. And I think it's the one where they show two cartoons where there is a no BS 45 second long tight zoom 
of a dog eating dog food. And it's just like <laughs> an excruciating detail. And like the, the foley on it is just repellent. And it's like 45 seconds of this. And it's, and it feels like such a betrayal. It's like, you were supposed to be the dad and you mm. left to go play baseball and made me stare at a dog eating <laughs> dog food. It's like, and I don't know if you get like that at that point you're starting to, I think when people stop applying themselves to a creative work, uh, wholeheartedly, I think sometimes you start to lose, I think theme is one of the first things to go, you know, because I think mm -hmm. it's sort of like the highest, one of the highest things you can achieve with art and probably the hardest thing to do is have like a non-explicit theme mm -hmm. and especially one as tenuous as like Pee Wee as father figure. But I think it breaks down in an interesting way in those second two seasons or those last two seasons because you feel – you don't just feel his absence, but you see how the the other characters in the playhouse deal with that absence and how they learn to connect with each other without Pee-wee around. Um, mm -hmm. And almost to a point where like, like uh, you know, all of a sudden Miss Yvonne is the one making snacks or – at snack time or like cowboy Curtis is the one jumping into magic screen, that sort of thing. And, um, when Pee-wee, when those breaks go on long enough, Pee-wee's presence sometimes, sometimes starts to feel a little grating when he does hmm. reemerge, you know what I mean? Like it was always like we were figuring this out <laughs> with other people. And then it's like, you're back and you want to be the center of, of everything yet again. Um, but it's really interesting in those last two seasons besides the, like, as an adult, it's hilarious to watch people who are very clearly like phoning it in and exhausted. But um, it's funny how it, it's interesting how it sort of um, uh, evolves the that 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 theme of Pee Wee as dad. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you're talking about that, it just um, it kind of makes me think of the the trope of the the deadbeat dad that you mentioned earlier. Uh, just that that sense of like. Um, or maybe like maybe a dad who was around and then wasn't so much. And then, you know, the people like, or his kids or whatever are figuring out like how to deal with that and like making do. And then he just comes back and it's like, okay. So you're just like dropping in and out, like on a whim, like you just want to have fun and play. And like, we're trying to make things work. And now, now you want to be the center of attention again. There's literally one scene where he is in the bathroom and like, just doesn't come out of the bathroom and people are trying to talk to him and he's like busy in the bathroom and won't come out. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh man, it's like, come on. This is rough, Pee Wee. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, and it's interesting to the, that like, it's interesting to think about what that would have been like to be a kid yeah. in, in the nineties watching that and then watching, Pee-wee sort of like start to take a back seat in some ways. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know if it would have felt like a betrayal or like you know you were being abandoned or something like that. Because I know that like especially for people who don't have um, strong parental figures, that you know having a surrogate like that um, that that is sometimes in media is like very common and can be you know can be soothing if if applied appropriately. Um, but like I, I I don't know what what that would have been like to watch that show sort of uh, the the wheels kind of come off like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I watched it a little bit um, in the early nineties because um, I was maybe right in that age group. Um, but it's just so long ago that I can't even remember what that was like. 
Um, so you've been watching it with your daughter. Yeah. Um, you say two or three times at this point you've gone through? Yeah, we've been through, uh, she's been through, you know, the whole way three times. Sometimes okay. it's my wife, Sydney, watching with her. Sometimes it's, it's me. Um, it's a really good, I, I, you know, you, as a parent, you really, I mean, there's no, you, nobody has any fucking clue. Nobody has any idea whether or not it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the right thing or the the wrong thing. You read stuff and you, you're not sure. So like how much TV to let her watch is something that we like agonize a lot about, mm-hmm. but we're always pretty deliberate about the sorts of things she can watch. And it's like a really, like we want to raise somebody who's like cool and has like <laughs> sees things that other kids don't necessarily it, like that isn't a cookie cutter, you know, like things that are going to influence her that maybe aren't influences on other children, just so she has things that feel hers. And like, there's just something so interesting to me about like a little kid at her age. I mean, she's barely a toddler, like who is obsessed with Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like we have a Pee-wee, like I've had to go on eBay to get a, uh, uh, a Pee-wee, <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Okay, so there's you can still find like they made so many toys, plush toys, and there is a cherry doll uh, that has like moving eyes that is the exact size to fit this like 18 inch <laughs> plush peewee doll. So I went on eBay and got both of them. But the thing about this peewee doll is it already looks like terrifying because mm-hmm. it's like a stylized version of peewee, and it looks like of course it's going to kill you. Like obviously, <laughs> obviously it's going to come to life and kill you. But the um, uh, it has a string, a pull string, and these things were not meant to last. So every single one that you see on eBay, it says like peewee's voice is slightly higher pitched. This mm-hmm. is like the under exaggeration of the century. <laughs> it literally, you pull this this string on this nightmare doll sitting in his throne, and all you hear is <laughs> like, oh God, no, bury it in the yard. Of course, she loves it. It's her favorite toy. She takes it with her everywhere. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, she'll have us pull the string. There's this slight unease on her face, like, should I be scared of this? The answer is yes, you absolutely shouldn't be scared of this. It's a very scary thing we brought into your life. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, this haunted yeah. Pee Wee doll that that speaks in yeah, in <laughs> they're all haunted. They're, they're all universally haunted. haunted. Yeah. They came from the factory haunted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was a big thing for me. Like growing up, our it, in our family, um, and I think there's probably a lot of things that parents and kids can like sort of relate to on this level. But it's one of the very first things I can remember, like us watching that our dad that was made for us that our dad watched with us, like. Our dad showed us a lot of stuff that was sort of important to him that he liked that he thought we would also like. Like our dad introduced us to Monty Python, MST3K, Doctor Who, um, you know, stuff like that, Black Adder, stuff like that that like was important to him. But um, Pee-wee was cool because it was a show that our dad liked too. Um, and it, and and I think that that's part of why, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying showing it to her is because – I have a lot of it, it was like a connection that we had with our dad because it was like something that we liked that we sort of like brought to him that he also enjoyed. Um and and that was really cool. I have a lot of like really cool memories from when the show was huge of uh us watching together and like buying the the trading cards and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um so like going into being a dad was um, was Pee-wee something that you were like thinking about or is it just something that's come up like since you started watching it with your daughter? 
Um, honestly, it was a um, it was just trying to find some sort of solace from like really, mm-hmm. really terrible children's programming. It's <laughs> like if you're gonna watch something, it has to be something that is not gonna make me like want to die. And there's many things that she watches, like or or has tried to watch, or we've tried once or twice. And I'm like, I literally can't. Like mm-hmm. this is making me depressed. Like it's gonna make her depressed. The only other one she likes that I think we're all like super on board with is uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is like a spinoff of Mister Rogers, and so and which is about like emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. And like that, we're really into. But a lot of the children's programming is like savage. It's like so brutal if you're an adult to watch repeatedly. And so it was kind of a Hail Mary. Like, I don't know, maybe like I would really like to just get back into the back catalog of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like maybe we could just like see see how that goes. Um, and it's like there's a new Pee-wee, there's a new Pee-wee movie, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. And like I tr- I wanted to watch that too, but I can't get her on board with that because like Missy Vaughn and Calvin Curtis aren't there. So we're all watching like 10 minute increments before she gets bored <laughs> and wants to watch Pee-wee's Playhouse again. Yeah, I am. Um... I one thing I remembered yesterday in doing research for this is that Lawrence Fishburne was Cowboy Curtis. I guess mm-hmm. I had just I it felt like I was awakening to like the truth of the universe, like remembering this long forgotten fact. It's such a bizarre career. Like it's almost <laughs> like his career went in reverse. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he started out on the downturn and then like managed to build on that to become like such a big star and like a big like not just a big star but somebody who's like sort of identified with being a like a tough guy or or yeah. what have you or, yeah. or or being very stoic um and seeing him in that that role is like is is really odd. they had a great cast of him Phil Hartman in the first season uh uh, Cow- uh Captain Carl uh and he was also part of the original Groundling show mm-hmm. um Back in back in the day, the one that they put on HBO, um, and he made it through the first season. Um, there's a weird thing that happens after the first season, and the the practical reason is that they moved shooting um, from LA to New York, and a, a, three or four members of the cast just didn't. So, like the King of Cartoons is replaced after the first season, and his uh, attendant Daisy, the one who played the trumpet before he came in, is gone, and um, they they have a different. Uh, they they used to have a lifeguard, and the lifeguard is replaced by a soccer player. And mm-hmm. it's like it's a it's a very strange. You don't really see it in shows very often. But it's like this very strange shift of like, and the playhouse is different. There's new characters and stuff. But um, I don't actually have a point here. I'm just spouting <laughs> Pee-wee's Playhouse <laughs> trivia at this point because I think it's a fascinating subject. I feel like maybe I've tapped into this thing that um, I don't know. Maybe you do talk about it with a lot of a lot of uh, other people, but it, it seems like maybe it's one of those things that like you get really into like with, um, with your kid and then just like need to talk to like other adults about it. Yes, that is 100% accurate. Like <laughs> there, the, my, yeah, my wife and I will have like extended discussions about like the, the sorts of thing, like after watching it with her, like, and I guess we should probably have a conversation with her about it, but instead we're talking to each other about like, so what do they do? Do they just go to sleep when he's not there? <laughs> he's only there for 22 minutes a day. Do they die? Is it like a toy story? Do they like, do they die? Um, there's, and uh, the, 
the um she knows all the words of the theme song too. If you ever get a two year old to sing the Pee Wee's Playhouse theme song, try it because like she has a pretty good Cindy Lauper impression. It's pretty it's pretty great. Um, nice, but it's one of the better ones because Cindy Lauper did it. And uh, the like to give another example of this, uh, she she watched a little bit of a show that her mother, uh, my mother in law, turned around to called Caillou, which oh, is this God. little French nerd. Um, <laughs> he's like a four year old baby, and his theme song is like the worst earworm. <laughs> possible and we just did these shows in boston the entire weekend i had this like this uh i'm just a kid who's four i'm caillou and i had and it was so bad that i was like writing new lyrics to it in my head like over and over again just like new variations of it my my favorite that i had was um I've lived 800 years. Know the sum of all your fears. Don't turn your back upon Caillou. And that was the one singing as like a, a an uh, H.P. Lovecraft style horror. It's like actually pretty close to my feelings on Caillou, mm-hmm. who's a despicable child. He's the um, worst. He's the absolute worst, whiniest, worst human on the face of the earth. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Caillou though. Caillou, Caillou's parents are the pits too. I, I prefer to talk about Pew's Playoffs. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, Here's my question that that interests me. After we've talked about this, um, and and I, I we sort of like talked about Pee Wee's a dad, but the question that I struggle with, like, and and I I I would be curious, sort of your thoughts on is is a dad type character. I think this probably extends to moms and dads, but is having a dad type character who is like that belligerent about clinging to their youth and freedom and spirit of play you think on the whole that's like a good parent does that make a good like parental figure or is that like a selfish sort of way to approach it i feel like just from the kinds of examples that you've brought up like i'm inclined to lean towards like the latter like it does seem i feel like if Wee were like a real dad or like a real person he would be just like a terrible parent um <laughs> like he's like kind of that fantasy of like especially for younger kids of like your parent being your best friend and like understanding what it's like to be a kid and like just being like carefree but like part of that there is like this almost like fundamental selfishness to that right and I think that is absolutely part of being a kid. Like, I think kids need to be allowed to be kind of selfish or, like, need to be allowed to, like, not have to worry about stuff. And, you know, you get a lot of problems when kids aren't allowed to do that. But um, to then have someone who's, like... Like, I think if Pee Wee were, like, a, a real dad, he's, like, basically someone who's trying to to get back something or, like, to experience something that, like, you can't get once you're an adult. Like, you can't have that, like totally childish innocence or like you know carefree ability to just like play um Mm -hmm. as an adult Mm -hmm. and like to try and get that back like is is either like sad or selfish or like um means that you're not facing some of the things that like maybe you're not facing the loss of like not having been able to do that in the first place Mm -hmm. um so I don't know. I mean, I think Pee Wee is like a great TV dad, but like, but yeah, yeah. as a real person, it's just like, this represents uh, some not great stuff, I guess. Pee Wee takes on a really fun, dark turn. If you imagine that 
every time he hops on his scooter and drives off, he's actually going to a different playhouse. <laughs> There's like another playhouse with totally different people in it. And he's just like, he can only handle about 22 minutes of this family. And he's like, okay, I have to go see some of my other families that I've placed Johnny Appleseed like throughout mm-hmm. this nation. Uh, of these other Playhouse families because, like, I can only sort of tolerate being around everybody for, like, 20 yeah. minutes. So well, I, I always dip. wondered where he went because, like, where as a kid, go? I just it's assumed work. that he lived there. But, like, I, I guess it's just his Playhouse. It's not his regular house. Uh, yeah, right. But, like, he does have a regular house. Does he have a dad? Is he the dad of the house that he goes to? Right. Just once I wanted to hop on the scooter and be like, well, off to the bank. It's like, what? <laughs> Work at a bank? Yeah, and like everyone, like in the first episode, like it, they've just had ice cream soup and like everyone is there, not just like the people who live there, but like, you know, Yvonne and like Howie Curtis and everyone are there. And he's like, well, bye, everyone. Yeah. And just like yeah. launches off. And I'm like, where are you going? He has a slumber party in one episode and like th- he creeps out while everybody is still asleep <laughs> and gets on his scooter and leaves. And it's like, that's going to be weird. Yeah. I hope you're going to get Danish for a week because other than that, like that's. That's the, the only acceptable uh, uh, reason that you're like scooting out in full suit at eight o'clock in the morning where everybody's still sleeping. <laughs> super, super weird. Yeah. Um, weird dad. He, yeah. Weird dad. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like that pe- pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah. Real good there. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for being on. This was really great. It was a really great counterintuitive dad pick. Thanks. I, I dug deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sure anyone who listens to this show already knows all of your, uh, library. Um, but it's McElroyShows.com. Is that? Yeah, that's where you'll find, uh, I do, um, most of the shows on there. Uh, well, about about half of them probably. I do, a my brother, my brother and me, which is an advice show with my brothers. Uh, we have one where all of us play Adventure Zone with our dad or play D&D with our dad called The Adventure Zone. Mm-hmm. I do a medical history podcast with my wife who's a physician uh, called Sawbones where she educates me about that stuff. And I do a video game podcast called Quality Control where I talk about uh, reviews, uh, game reviews. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. Oh, I do a an annual review of Paul Blart Mock Cop yes. 2 uh, called De- Till Death Do Us Blart. <laughs> Very much looking forward to the second episode of that. Oh, um, me too. I, lo- I love talking <laughs> to those guys once a year. Yeah, it's a great concept. Um, and you write for Polygon as well. Yeah. Um, I re- loved your review of the Ghostbusters game, which people should read, even if they're not interested in games or Ghostbusters, I think. It's just that. Thanks. That was, a, that was an incredibly painful review, right? <laughs> that, that actually, doing bad game reviews have actually gotten a lot harder since I've had a daughter, because every yeah. time I'm playing a bad game, I'm like, I can hear her playing upstairs sometime. I'm like, no, oh, yeah. this is like bad life minute use. And that, I think my <laughs> bad reviews have gotten angrier since then, because mm-hmm. it's like, think of all the hugs you've robbed me of. Yeah, how dare garbage. you? <laughs> Cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks again. This is great. Um, And yeah, I'll put links in the notes for people to find all that stuff. Um, Yeah, and I will talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Mary. Cool. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by Nick Bravo for Stay Mean. Stay Mean is listener-supported. If you appreciate the shows we make and want access to bonus episodes and other perks, support us at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album, Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy. Thanks for listening. Be good, kiddos. <laughs>